Ships have a history just like anybody else does. Uh, people are curious when they see them floating by. Where are they coming from? Where are they going? It's a little world going by you out there. And all those people on those boats and on the shore that make those boats go, they all have stories. Right. And the story of the ship is important, but the stories of the people are twice as important. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois. And once again, I'm up in God's country, up here in Sault Ste. Marie. And one of the things that I've discovered is in my adventures running around Sault Ste. Marie and capturing some really great stories up here, every place I go seems to have this one book. And when I asked some people about it, they were like, obviously, you are not a boat nerd, which I didn't even know was a thing. But apparently it is a huge thing. And there's people who just love this. And I sought out the author and he's kind enough to give us some time today to talk about his book. And you probably have heard this before, but it's called Know Your Ships. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Roger Lelever. Hi, Cliff. How are you? I am absolutely great. Thank you. Roger, where are you from? Where did you grow up? From Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. I grew up here, went to college here for my first year, and I spent my summers with my grandparents in this very cottage that we are sitting and talking to you today on the banks of the beautiful St. Mary's River. Now, did you go to college? I went to Central Michigan University. Okay. Yeah, what I did you study? Journalism. I got a degree in journalism in 1977 and went on to work at the Ann Arbor News, and I spent 30 years there. Okay. What made you want to get into journalism? I think it's in my blood. I During those tests that they have when they check out to see what should be, what should be what yes, you're Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, you know those things. I scored really high in language and the arts and really dismally in anything to do with science <laughs> or math, so that was pretty clear. One of my favorite toys growing up was a little uh, toy printing press where you had little pieces of rubber type and you set them. And made I a never knew there was such a thing. There was such a thing. And I loved it. I loved it. I took some printing classes in college. I took some in high school. And uh, when I was still in high school, I actually started working for the Sault Ste. Marie paper as, as we called it back then, a, a stringer. Right. So I would cover some of the high school events with pictures and photographs. Yeah, and in high school, I was the yearbook nerd, photographer for the yearbook. We had a beautiful dark room, which was also my locker, my lunchroom, my hangout place. <laughs> so definitely, definitely in the nerddom thing there. So boat nerd, high school yearbook nerd. Well, okay. So then that leads to the next question is, how did you become a boat nerd? Now therein lies a tale. Ooh, <laughs> good. I love to say to people... I'm just a boat nerd like you guys. I'm just the luckiest one, the luckiest boat nerd in the world. Right. And I can tell you how that came about. And it's really my life story and how things interacted and the courses my life took over the years. When I was a little kid, like five or six years old, it was Father's Day coming up. And my grandfather worked on the coal docks here on the river, putting coal on the freighters for fuel. What did we get, Gramp, for Father's Day? And we thought, Maybe we'll get him some pictures of some of the boats to put on the walls. And my mother knew about this guy in Sault Ste. Marie whose name was Tom Mance. And he was a photographer and he sold pictures of boats. And he published a book called Know Your Ships. So my mom called him up and we went to his house and sat around the kitchen table. And he was pulling out these boxes of photos that, that he'd developed himself in his own darkroom in the basement. Right. How cool is that? I was hooked. Uh, clearly, I was six years old, maybe. Right. And he sensed my interest. And so we got the pictures from my grandfather. 
And Tom and I became friends. He taught me how to take pictures. He taught me how to develop them in the oh, darkroom. Oh, cool. How to file the pictures. He got me a job, first of all, in high school as a tour guide on this museum freighter we have here in Sault Ste. Marie called the Valley Camp. Right. That he ran in addition to his book. And then he got me a job on the freighters the summer I turned 18. What did you do on the freighters? I worked for a freighter owned by the Ford Motor Company. And we carried eight passengers on, on board the ships. They were okay. guests of the company, big wigs, executives. And you know, Ford, with his vertical integration, wanted to own everything. Yes. And he owned the fleet of ships to bring his raw materials into Detroit. Oh, my goodness. I never knew that. Yep. So I, I worked on that ship for the summer. I was called a passenger porter because we carried those passengers, those guests. So I was kind of like the galley slave, really. I carried... <laughs> Really, I carried all their luggage up from down on the dock. I made their beds. I scrubbed their bathtubs. I made sure there was enough ice at night for all their many, many, many cocktails. So this was like a cruise ship. It was here. like for them, it was a cruise ship. For me, it was work. <laughs> <laughs> so I did work on the freighters and I, it was good because I wanted to, to know if I liked it because I thought I might make a career out of that kind of thing. But I was also interested in journalism as well. So I spent that summer on the freighter, and I liked it, but it didn't hook me mm, the way okay. I thought it might. Right. It just didn't hook me. I was promised a job back the next season if I wanted it. So I got off, and I'm going to college, and I'm working a little bit for the Sioux St. Marie paper. And the editor, a uh, fatherly uh, fella with the long, long mane of hair that looks like an editor should look, put his arm around my shoulder and says, Rajiv, I got a deal for you. If you don't go back on the boats next year, I'll guarantee you a job all through college, all your vacations, all your breaks, your internship, if you'll just not go back on the boats. How can I turn that down, right? Okay. You know, I left the lakes. However, the lakes never really left me. Ooh, you were hooked. I, you know, I was hooked. You know, I, was, I grew up taking pictures of the boats out here on the St. Mary's River from my little boat and... Uh, reading about the lakes and all that. And here I am in, in journalism school and I'm figuring out ways about how I can write stories about boats. Yes. Um, so some of my high school term papers or whatever were about boats, the impact of winter navigation on the Great Lakes. Uh, <clears throat> I go away to, to Central and I'm the student professional photographer there for information services. So I cover all the football games and all this stuff. Guess what that gets me? Beautiful dark room. Yes. Again, I'm continuing to foster the interest in photography and hone my skills in that. Then I went to work for the Ann Arbor News, which you know was half hour from the Detroit River, a little more. And I spent quite a bit of time convincing my editors that there was a story going on over in Detroit about boats that they should write about. So I got sent to Detroit to cover Jacques Cousteau when he was in town. What? Well, with his Calypso going down to the Edmund Fitzgerald. I went over to Dawson Great Lakes Museum. I did a story about the museum. I did anything. I, the passenger ships uh, coming back to the Great Lakes. I wrote about all that kind of stuff. I couldn't get away from the from the ships. I couldn't work on the ships, but I could sure write about the ships. And I did it as much as I could. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in my working years at the Ann Arbor News conniving can, can ways to put together enough vacation time, comp time, holiday time, weekend time. To get enough cobbled together so I could come up here to Sault Ste. Marie to spend some time or or chase boats uh, someplace else on the Great Lakes over down to the Welland Canal, up to Duluth, over to Wisconsin. Just that's what I did. That's, 
it worked. It's not that you're just writing about a boat, but you're focused on the story mm -hmm. that goes with it. Where did you think about marrying those two? Right from the beginning. Uh, when I was still at Central and getting my journalism and photography degrees, I was uh, stringing for the Saginaw News, the Bay City Times, and a, a publication called the Upper Peninsula Sunday Times. And I was trying to figure out what I could write about the stories I could tell that would make people who read those newspapers and those editors making those decisions to want to buy those stories from me as a freelance writer. Right. And you have to come at that kind of story with the approach of what makes this interesting. Why is this more than just a hunk of steel? And you get into their story and they have personalities. Ships have a history just like anybody else does. Uh, people are curious when they see them floating by. Where are they coming from? Where are they going? What are they carrying? You know, they're so quiet when they go by. Who's on there? Right. Uh, those are the kinds of questions I kind of like to try and ask or answer. There's a little world going by you out there. And all those people on those boats and on the shore that make those boats go, they all have stories. Right. And the story of the ship is important, but the stories of the people are twice as important. And that's what I try to marry together then and now and all the stuff that I do with Know Your Ships and the stories I put in there is people want to know the answers to some of these questions. What, what's up with all those boats going by that are painted bright yellow? Well, that's a fleet of ships from the Netherlands that's carrying windmill parts into the Great Lakes. They're, they're yellow and they're, all their names start with happy. Happy Ranger, Happy Rover, Happy River. <laughs> now, see, you wouldn't know that if you saw that boat go by. Somebody told me I was able to figure it out and put it together, and that turned into a story and know your ships. And now people know, as Paul Harvey used to say when I was a kid, and now you know the rest of the story. Miss that guy. And I was hooked on Paul Harvey, by the way. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> Still, I find his stuff on YouTube all the time. He, he did a marvelous job of, of, of storytelling. Yes. Yeah, very influential person he is. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Roger got involved with Know Your Ships and how he's absolutely been able to take it to a whole new level. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show, sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview... Ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. We're continuing our conversation with, uh, I guess I'd say the king of the boat nerds, and that would be Roger Lelever. Roger mentioned before about Tom Mance and about how he actually started Know Your Ships. Now, how did you get connected with him and start working with him on the Know Your Ships books that are coming out? That's an interesting question. Here's the thing is none of this would be here today without Tom Mance. And he was a guy who worked as a machinist 
at the power plant, the big hydro plant here in Sault Ste. Marie, and he, where his office was or his shop looked right over the boats going by in Sioux Harbor. And somewhere along the line, he got the idea that maybe a little guidebook or a little directory to the boats would be something people would, would like. But he came out with this little book called Know Your Ships. It was 44 pages uh, in 1959. And he did all the work in his basement. He had a big drafting table down there and he had a dark room and had bunches of file cabinets. And he'd go down there and he'd work at it. And he came up with this book. In 1959, the, the shopkeepers along Portage Avenue there by the locks, they didn't see the value in that. They didn't think anybody would want to buy that book. Tom would not be stopped. So he went out and he got some high school and junior high school kids and gave them those old-fashioned carpenter's aprons with the pockets and uh, some money in one pocket and the book in the other. And they sold them to the tourists leaving the locks through the, the park gates. Well, the shopkeepers saw that and saw all those books being sold. And all of a sudden they were in those gift Seeing shops. Seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. Yes. And Sault Ste. Marie is my number one outlet today, which is not surprising. Number one area of sales. Tom could sell anything. He was a born salesman. He loved to get his car and drive someplace with books in his trunk and just, as he would just say, sell, sell, sell. Uh, took his family on vacations. Where did they go? They went where the boats were so he could sell books. Sure. Uh, so I met Tom Matz when I was about six years old. And uh, my mom knew this guy here in Sault Ste. Marie that, that sold boat pictures and uh, published this book about, about the boats. We wanted to buy my grandfather some boat pictures for Father's Day. So we went to his house to look at pictures. He, he sat around the old kitchen table there and he brought out these boxes of, of photos from his darkroom. And I paged through them and boy, I tell you, I was really into it. I was really into it. I was into it before then, but something clicked really with those pictures. Pretty soon I was on the phone. Mr. Mance, can I come over tonight and make pictures? <laughs> I'm sure he was absolutely delighted to hear that, that call come in. Oh, I bet. I was under 12. Okay. All right. In that period. Okay. So I'd wander over. He lived pretty close to us there. I go down in his basement. We shared his office and his little dark room and like his wife's washer and dryer and sink. You know, back in the old days, you had to wash your film and your pictures of the chemicals. So we'd have to make sure his wife wasn't going to do a load of laundry because we needed the water. <laughs> uh, so he taught me how to do all that. He'd pick me up and say, hey, let's go see what boats are coming pretty soon. I, I was taking my own pictures and he put a couple of them in his book. Oh, you must have been excited. I was I was very excited. I think I had my first picture in the book in 1966 or 67 or something like that. I was real little. So I was just, I was taking my own bull pictures. So Tom taught me those skills that brought me forward into my later life. And helping him on Know Your Ships, I think, also triggered something in me because I did pursue a career in journalism. So I would help him with Know Your Ships over the years, you know, with photos and corrections and design and all that kind of stuff. He uh, got me a job on a freighter when I was 18. So that was very helpful for me to decide my future career path. Fast forward to 1994, Tom passed away. And before he did, he set things up so that I could take over his company. And uh, he... He didn't charge me any money for it. He just gave it to me. That's and, incredible. Yeah. He didn't have any idea I could do it. He had faith I could do it. 
And you know, I was in the newspaper business. I did have some of those skills, but it freaked me out because I really felt some responsibility there that I had to carry this guy's work forward. Well, just to put this in context here. So how long has he been doing the Know Your Ships? It'll be our 65th year next okay. year. So then, you know, 1994, what, he's probably 30 years into this. Yeah, I think you know, the 44th or 45th edition was when he passed away. And at this point in time, cranking out these books every year, selling books every single year. And working at the newspaper until not too long ago. The, he's really built up like a cult following, mm -hmm. you know, around his books at that time. So oh, I yes. can imagine that's that pressure on you to keep it at that, you know, that high standard. Well, and then also in 1994, we didn't quite have something we have now called the internet. Or computers. Or a computer. <laughs> I remember my first computer. I brought the book from a yellow lined legal pad to a computer when Tom died. And I, if he could see how we do it now, he would be flabbergasted. Yes. The changes. Yes. So when you took over the Know Your Ships, what were some of the things that you had to keep in mind to make sure that, that this brand would not only survive, but to thrive? You know, I'm not even sure I thought about that at that point. My, my main concern was that I'd be able to just get the next year's book out. I didn't have any big future vision for it at that point. I, okay. just, I just wanted to keep it going because I thought it was important. I liked it. I liked the boats. So I found somebody, a, a fellow boat watcher that was a little more computer illiterate than I was, and he put all the vessel listings kind of into a spreadsheet that I could use with the book. And guess what? I still use that same spreadsheet today. Cool. I, I update it every year. So thanks, Phil Clayton, for that <laughs> and his wife, Angie. There's boat nerds all over the place that have been helping me all these years. I could not do it without all these, these folks. But as far as the actual book goes, my mom helped me, believe it or not. Really? Yes. Uh, I, when I got the, the book, I was working full time in my career. And this book got added in. And there's a lot to do behind the scenes that no one knows about. One of the things that I do not do well is financial part, bookkeeping. Mm, okay. And yes. My mother was retired as city clerk of Sault Ste. Marie, and she knew that stuff. So she did the bookkeeping for me for years, and she also delivered books for me in the Sault Ste. Marie area, because I wasn't up here at the time. Right. So she was a big part of the, the, the business, unsung behind the scenes. And that's, you know, I got better at it, of course, as time went by, and we had new technologies that made it a whole lot easier. But in 2008, my newspaper career came to an end. Uh, the Ann Arbor News was closed by the uh, company that owned it out of New Jersey, Newhouse Newspapers. So anyway, I'm now working on Know Your Ships full time and I've got the internet and I've got a car. So I start going around the Great Lakes and knocking on doors of gift shops and what have you saying, hey, I got this book. And we managed to build up our sales that way. Now we sell a lot of uh, books, not only through those bookstores and gift shops, but also Oh, I've got a bait shop, a restaurant, a couple of motels, uh, you know, any place that'll stick that book there where there's freighters going by, it'll sell. Yes. It will sell. Reminds me of the, the interview that I did with Jonathan Rand for his Michigan Chiller series. He did the exact same thing, you know, wherever they, he could stick his book, he would. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, you're coming up with a new edition of your book every single year. Why? Because there are changes every year. Like what kind of changes? Well, within the shipping industry, the part of the book that I, I like to call the directory or the field guide that tells all about the boats and who built them and how big and who owns them and all that stuff. There's always changes going on. Ships are scrapped out of the fleet. New ships are built. Ships are renamed. So that's the kind of a scorecard. If you're using the book as a boat watcher, 
and you're sitting in your in your chair on your deck and you're looking out the river and you see see the uh, Arthur M. Anderson go by, you can pick up my book and find out all about it. So that's a guidebook. That's data, kind of pretty straightforward data. But there's a lot more to the book. And it's because of two things. Uh, one is I felt I needed to expand the book out more. Uh, but the other, other uh, reason is there are fewer ships now. You know, one of these days, there won't be a whole lot of much left of the listings, maybe. So you got to figure out what to fill that space up with. What do you fill it up with? People's stories, photos, more pictures, photos that you as a boat nerd might take somewhere and send in to me. And I'm captured by it and I put it in the book. There's a lot of that. I get thousands of pictures every year from around the Great Lakes from people hoping to get in the book. And that's the second component to it. That's uh, that makes it all the more interesting to people is that stuff in the back, I call it. the stuff in the back, the spotlight section with the stories, uh, the section about how the locks work, the maps, where all the ports are, what all the uh, whistle signals mean, the smokestack markings, they're all there. Every, every fleet has a, a stack with a logo on it. We've reproduced those in the book as well. It's not only just the Great Lakes, but the saltwater fleets that come in. We have people like to see the older boats. So we have a nice gallery of, of the old timers in there, pictures from years and years ago, with a little bit of an explanation. There's some history in there. As I say, where history and industry meet is what we are. You've now gotten to a point where you've actually hired help, right? So you've got these two young guys that you've hired to come on, on board and, and help you out with that. I'm assuming they're internet, social media savvy. Absolutely. Yes. They're, they're in their 20s. Of course they are. So the first part is, is, is you know, why make that hire? And then the second question I got for you is why is it important to reach out to younger people about the boats, know your ships, all that whole thing? Well, your first question first, uh, why is it, why did I bring Sam Hankinson and Nick Stenstrup in, that's their names, is that I'm not getting any younger. I'm going to be 70 in a couple of years. I can't do this forever. It's important for me to continue not only what I've done, but it's extra important for me to continue what Tom Matt started, the legacy. I wanted to take the opportunity now while I could to make sure that that happens in the right way. I was handed this publication on the guy's deathbed. I don't want that to ha happen again. I want to have a plan. So these two guys, uh, one of them actually works in the shipping industry uh, on the shore side part. He, he nice. works at a port in Michigan, Port of Monroe. But these two guys have a passion for it already. They understand the importance of people's stories. If it weren't for the people, there'd be no shipping industry. They get that. They get it, and they get it on a deep level. And also, they can write. You know, Sam's a great writer. Uh, they have great ideas. So many ideas, I can't believe when we have idea sessions and stuff that they think of. <laughs> I never <laughs> would have even thought of. Right. And that's what it's going to take to make the business continue, is it's got to get continue to be, change with the times. Like, I brought in a computer to do the book. Well, they're going to bring in something else. Right. Yes. They're telling me I need to have stickers and magnets. So I have stickers and magnets and they're selling like crazy. So that's why it's important to bring, bring those folks in. And then you talk about the other younger people. And that is a particular passion of mine. Someone, namely Tom Mance, back in 1960, whatever, gave me a wonderful gift of giving me his company and sharing his talents and his skills and teaching me and bringing me along. And that's at this stage of my life, it's what is important for me to do is share and encourage and help in any way I can to bring the next generation 
either into the hobby or into the shipping industry. And I've done both. There are amazingly a large number of young people that are really interested in, in all this. I often I ask them, how did you get interested in this? You live in Montana and you want... <laughs> You're completely landlocked. Yeah, yes. what, what happened? You know, they all have their various stories. The Edmund Fitzgerald is one big reason. But I get calls from grandmothers that say, my little eight-year-old can't get enough of these boats. Well, that's what I like to hear because they're coming into a hobby that is an outstanding hobby with great people involved in it. Yes. There's actually a network of young, young boat nerds, young kids that Sam, or my, my heir there, heir parent, he takes charge of that. And we all keep a lookout for it when the young people come along and we say, hey, there's this whole group of people that are called boat nerds. And there's this network of the younger ones that we talk to their parents and we do whatever we can to just bring them along, bring them in. There's so much more I would absolutely love to dive into. So that just means we're going to have to have you back on the show. Anytime. Because there is so much depth here. We've barely scratched the surface. So Roger, if somebody's listening to this, they want to connect with you. They want to check out your books. What's the best way for them to do that? We have uh, knowyourships.com is our website. And that's where you can order the book. You can order our uh, new magazine we just started this summer called Extra. Yeah, we didn't have time to get to that. Yeah, uh, we have a variety of, of cool stickers and, and hats and magnets and all that kind of boat nerdy stuff. Great stocking stuffers or everybody's got a refrigerator, got to have a magnet. You can find all that on knowyourships.com. There's another place you can go is a website called boatnerd.com, uh, which is Great Lakes uh, Ship Central for the internet with news and and uh, tracking systems and histories of boats that go there. Roger, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, Cliff. I'll go anywhere at any time to talk to any about, about Great Lakes ships. And uh, for our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com, click on Roger's interview, and find the links there. We'll talk to you next time when we talk to another Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.